Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You can hear us or watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in on this glorious Monday morning, it's a glorious morning for several reasons. One, if you're a Cajun baseball fan, what an impressive weekend uh, baseball crushing South Alabama's face, um, which is always good. Um, winning against Texas State, which had swept you, and then coming back from a five to nothing deficit against Georgia Southern, a team that ended up getting a whole site announced last night. Um, And, and and winning that game seven to six in really dramatic fashion, and just just so impressed with so many aspects of that victory, and we'll talk about those. And again, if you have any comments, certainly feel free to call on the game hotline seven zero six zero one 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 seven zero six zero one one one. Also glorious because you know me, I. I, I on almost every series, I have one goal. Don't get swept. And Hannah's Little Mariners crushed the Astros on Friday, crushed them on Saturday. And this was this was a big series for the Mariners because they had really high hopes coming into this season. And they have not played all that well. But so they were figuring, man, we have we need we really need to sweep this this team. And if we do, um, we're back. We kind of, we still got a shot. Um, I don't really think they're going to win the division, but I really think from here on out, Seattle's going to do much better. And they probably should have swept the Astros, but Torrance came. Come Torrance, their catcher, kept coming up in a bad situation. <laughs> he kept coming up with big and bats, and uh, you know Presley had an awful pitched an awful inning in the ninth and fortunately Torrance was the guy up and he hits into a double play with the bases loaded one out down two to one and the Astros win so man what a great victory that was I was really worried they were about to get swept but they didn't get swept so uh you know it's good just don't get swept don't get swept don't get swept and sooner or later you'll get hot and win eight nine and earlier this year 11 in a row and then you can make hay at that point, as long as you're not getting swept along the way when when you're not playing that great. So I thought it was a great weekend for the Astros. I know they got beat twice, but again, that's going to happen sometimes, especially when you're like seemingly always on the road and you're playing a team. I, I really think Seattle's going to win a lot of games from here on out. I can tell you this. I am so sick of pl- trying to get Ty France out. Cannot get that guy out. 
the Astros cannot get Ty France out. I'm, I'm, it's like enough. I don't know how many more series they got with with the Mariners, but it's it's two or three too many because um, they need to. It's uh, like enough of that because the Astros cannot get Ty France out. By the way, while we're on the Astros, want to remind you if you have not qualified. For Astro Giveaway 2, you're running out of time, so you need to go to the website. It's Memorial Day in between all the barbecuing, and you you got a chance maybe if you would like to win a a great you know a great Astro prize. You need to go do it this weekend if you haven't. Go to the website, join the game clubhouse, and if you join, you're eligible to Astro Weekend Getaway 2, which is. The White Sox on Saturday, June the 18th. You win four tickets to the game. You'll get a tour of Minute Maid Park and hotel accommodations for that Saturday evening at La Meridian Houston downtown. Uh, so Astro Weekend Getaways brought to you by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So go today to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the clubhouse and make yourself eligible for that prize. I wish I could win that prize, but I and my family are not eligible, so you take advantage of it. So it was almost a glorious, glorious, glorious Monday, but Jimmy Butler missed a three-pointer. So that I've got a lot more free time on nights that the uh, NBA Finals are going to be going on because I won't be watching any of it. I, if the Heat would have won, I would have watched some whenever I could. But it's just too disgusting. This is the worst possible matchup for me, period. Like, if you had asked me at the very beginning, what's the of all the teams that made the playoffs, what's the worst possible, possible matchup you could come up with for, for you? It would be the Warriors against the Celtics. So that's what it is. So I won't be watching. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, it's just I it's just disgusting. And look, I can't even believe the Heat won three games. Really. I, I expected them to win one. I and so to be in the position they were in with three wins in their under their belt, when they were going down the court with however many seconds were left at the very end of the game. And, you know, there's going to be people arguing, don't take the three, penetrate and play the game out. You know, I don't know. I, I, I think I kind of buy both arguments. I get both arguments anyway. Penetrate. One thing about going, you might get a, you might can make a shot and get fouled and still get the three-point play, which a guy like Jimmy Butler's probably got a better chance of getting the old-fashioned three-point trip than he does stopping and popping from three-point land because he's not really a three-point shooter. Um, So there are a lot of guys, there are some guys who shoot threes well that way, but but a lot of quote-unquote three-point shooters are more you line up, you pass it to them, and they shoot, not really dribble it down the court, pull up, and shoot a three. I would think more three-point shooters do it the other way. And Jimmy Butler isn't any isn't a three-point shooter either way. He was just trying to seize the moment, got caught up in the moment. I've heard a lot of people say, well, it's at the end of the game. You're tired. You want to get the game over. 
I guess there's something to be said for that as well. Um, it's just sickening that it happened that way. Just is. Just because it allowed the, the Celtics to advance. And that's always a sickening thing. So, um, no, I, it would have been so much better if so many other options would have taken place. But it didn't, so that's just more free time to do other things over the next couple of weeks. Just, uh, put it that way for anyone who thinks like me. Now, I know there are some of you out there or Celtic fans. It's kind of disgusting, but I know that it's a reality. And so you will enjoy this tremendously, I'm sure. But it's... Um, I am not one. I am not in that number. Let's put it that way. Uh, again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. So, not only did LSU not host a regional, neither does Arkansas. Like, how... It's almost like the committee put much more in the SEC tournament than it normally does. And I get, is that because the SEC overall, which we've talked about, is not as strong as, was not as strong as it normally is this year? I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, the big part of my uh, thinking that, L, you know, that LSU was going to host was that uh, they were the four seed in the SEC. And the SEC almost always gets the benefit of the doubt. That's just what it does. And for whatever reason, they didn't. They didn't get the benefit of the doubt. And, um, you know, Auburn made the late push. Uh, A&M ended up being the two seed. And... I was, I don't know, just surprised at the way they did it. Very surprised. But it is what it is. And and I also made the comment last week that I really think the best thing for LSU, right, for this team is to travel. Now, you know, before they sent them to Asia, uh, last year they were in Asia. Uh, you don't want to get sent to Asia. But, like, the popular thinking right now is they're going to get sent to Hattiesburg. If I'm LSU, that's really close. It's a really close trip. And, you know, you, you're going to be able to have a lot of fans there and theoretically a beatable team. Now, you know, everybody, everybody's beatable. This isn't like even Tennessee is beatable. But – um but no, I, I if I'm an LSU fan, I'm not. I may be a little upset that I'm not hosting. But if they send them to Hattiesburg, if I'm LSU, I'm, I feel pretty good about that scenario. Well, we'll see how that how all that works out. I um, because the last I saw, U.S. Southern Miss's RPI was like 19. So I kind of thought they'd get in, but I didn't know. And so um, we'll see what happens. There's not a lot, and we'll talk about this more late later in the show, but um, of, of all the host sites, you know, there, there are a couple that the Cajuns have been to before. 
Um, they, um, they can't, and, and, but most of them they haven't been to before. And so we will, um, they've been to Stillwater back in 88. The first time I ever went to a regional with the Cajuns back in 88. And it was in Stillwater. They, um, actually drove down there with Rick Renner. I don't know how many of you remember Rick Renner. And I drove drove together to Stillwater. And uh they, you know, they were it wasn't that far after the legend of Pete Incavillo. And so we went and saw where he, he not only did he hit a home run out the ballpark once, there was a softball field beyond the left field wall in Stillwater at Oklahoma State. And he hit it over the left field wall of that his field and of the softball field, Pete Incavillo. He was like this legendary home run hitter. Turned out to be a very average major league player. That happens sometimes, but he was. They were they were fabulous back then. Um, and uh, McNeese Tony Robichaux was coaching McNeese then in the uh, and and defeated the Cajuns in the five six game. Uh, the Cajuns played Wichita State as I remember in the first game. They had Mike Lansing, who later played in the in the major leagues for quite a few years. But anyway, uh, the Cajuns have been to Stillwater. They've been to Austin, but I don't think they've been to any of these other regionals over the years. So pretty decent chance you're going to be going to a regional that the program's never been to. So for those who have been longtime UL baseball fans, you um, – get a chance to uh, maybe experience something new. And then later in the show, we'll be talking about some of these other uh, memories from regionals of the past that we've been to or that I've been to. And so we'll see how, how it all, how it all plays out. Uh, about 11 o'clock on ESPN two is the selection show. And we'll see whether it's Hattiesburg or Austin or college station or wherever, you know, for softball, Cajuns ended up going to Clemson. None of us, the, most people were thinking Tuscaloosa or Arkansas or maybe even Knoxville. No, nah, I didn't hear too many people thinking Clemson, and, and yet that's where it ended up being. So we'll see. You never know. I mean, the gas prices were high for the softball tournament too, and they still sent the Cajuns to Clemson. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think – you know, if I had to put a lot, a lot of money, I'd probably say Hattiesburg, but you never know. So that's why we'll just wait and see. All right. Let's do this. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we'll talk about a few more details and reactions and memories of Cajun's uh, great victory over the weekend in Montgomery, winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament with wins over Texas State and Georgia Southern. We'll do all of that after this time out. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. On this Memorial Day, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles honors the fallen, those brave men and women who gave all so we can live free. Now, back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball. All right. 
want to remind you, if you would like to uh, win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio, the, you do it like you do just about all the other prizes. Go to the website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Join the clubhouse. You might win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio where you could enjoy some of the best bald crawfish, best bald shrimp and crabs and fried seafood and grilled seafood, pull boys, and, yes, a seafood buffet. So take advantage of that. By going to the website, joining the Game Clubhouse, you might win a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111 on this Memorial Day. And there were so many things that were so impressive about the Cajuns winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Montgomery over the weekend. Obviously, look, we, we throw out the word legend and legendary and Ten years, five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, people are going to be talking about the the performance that Jacob Schultz gave on Friday. It is, um, I I I texted out. It was Gary Hart like, and for those of you who've been Cajun baseball fans for longer than just the last, you know, since they went to Omaha or, 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 you know, longer before Coach Rowe was the, was the head coach is what I'm saying. Um, back in 90, 91, in that era, Gary Hart was the ace pitcher of the Cajuns. And he, he didn't make it to the major league, so he was obviously very talented. But he kind of was just wanted, had that old school mentality wasn't what they call pretty boy or anything like that. He had that old school mentality of doing whatever it takes. He would take the ball whenever they asked him to and he was he was tough. And Jacob Schultz just I mean, I don't know. I just he just reminded me the the guts that it took for him you know, people are going to make a big deal out of 142 pitches, and it is a lot, and it was his career high. But I think if you're ever going to do that kind of stuff, that's when it's the time to do it. I mean, they don't really do it all year long. I mean, he had, I think, I'm just guessing, maybe two outings this year where he went over 100 pitches, maybe three. But it wasn't like something he did a lot. Um, and remember, he started out this season and all of last season and the year before as a relief pitcher. He was a relief pitcher. Uh, most of his current time. Now he started in in uh, in high school and when you know and made some starts before this year with the Cajuns, but not many. And um, got a chance to sit down and do a big feature story on him about a month or so ago, and he was very uh, very enjoyable to talk to. So he's an easy kid to pull for. And uh, what a what a again it, 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 they're going to be talking about that outing that Jacob had on on Saturday in beating Texas State 3-2 to two, uh, for a long, long time. And and obviously it made an impression because he was voted the um, the regional MVP. So, I mean, the tournament MVP. So it made an impression on people uh, now as well. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Talk to our old friend Manny. Hello, sir. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Happy, happy Memorial Day to you. Uh, you I know too. You, you know, you, you 
slaving away and everybody's not working. So I just wanted to thank you for thank you for being on the air and, and thank Hannah for being here on being there on three hours sleep. You know. <laughs> yes. Listen, uh, you know, listen. I really don't have a problem with LSU not hosting. I I, I don't think. You know, they didn't do enough in the SEC term. I mean, you know, you beat the 12th seed and you lost to the 12th seed. They played Tennessee, you know, competitively uh, as, as anybody did. So, but I mean, you know, you're still in this like Florida getting a whole site. I mean, be real. Your body of work is what? You went 15 and 15 and you jump Arkansas and LSU. Uh, you know, like, when stuff like that goes on, you know. Yeah, stuff, I don't like, like that. They put way too much emphasis on the SEC tournament, which they used well, to never put any that, emphasis on the SEC they, tournament. They usually don't. And, I mean, listen, this whole thing was altered by, you know, record amount of brain delays and, you know, pushback games. And, and I mean, you know, it, 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 I don't think it's a real picture of, uh, uh, of, of what – What's going on? And listen, and, and LSU, LSU won two out of three at Florida. Yeah, I mean, LSU, you know, won two out of three. Would they, would they do that today? I don't know if they would. I mean, but they're playing without arguably the best hit in the country for the last month, and they didn't have Dodie uh, this weekend. You know, so I mean, listen, like I said, I, I don't think they did enough to really host. I, I don't, and I felt that after they lost to Kentucky. I feel like they had to beat Kentucky. I mean, it's a 12 seed, so I feel like they had to be Kentucky, and then they would have been okay. I think it's—I'm sorry, but I just think it's silly if you're going to put that much on one game in the conference tournament against a team that you just beat. I agree. I mean— I I think that's silliness. You played played until uh, 1.30 in the morning, and it's, you know— I think that's silly. I I don't, uh, yeah, I thought that's silly. silly. The whole tournament thing is silly. And like I said, I I don't know if they deserve to host, but, uh, you know, the whole, it it, it just kind of makes you wonder. And year to year, it it, it can change so much. But I I think it had a lot to do with SEC not being as dominant and, uh, and who knows, you know, you never know. Uh, You just don't know how it's going to go. All right, Kevin, listen, and listen, that kid for the Cages, man, outstanding job by the Cages, and congratulations to him because, listen, it just says a lot about their their makeup, you know, and I think it starts at the top with their coach who I'm very impressed with uh, and, and the fact that, and like you said, that's the time of year to do it, but, I mean, not everybody can take the ball and go 142 pitches or whatever. So, yeah, congratulations to the Cages, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh you see in the bracket in a little while. All right, Kevin. I'll talk Take to you Take care. Later. Thank you, Manny. Um, no, Jacob Schultz was very impressive, no question. Uh, the other thing that, I mean, there were a lot of, you know, obviously Tyler Robertson played very well, hit the hit the two home runs um, that and, and knocked in all three runs in that win on, on Saturday against Texas State. And one of the things we talked about last week, we talked about the fact that Texas State away from home is was good. They actually have a very good record. But specifically for the it just seems like it's it's easier to beat them with um when they're not playing in their home park. 
It doesn't make sense because, really, their road record is good. They have more road wins than the Cajuns do this year. But um, and, and Montgomery is not exactly a canyon. I mean, you know, Tyler Robertson, at least one of his home runs, and maybe both of them wouldn't have been out at, at Teague, on Teague Field at Russo Park. I, I don't know that they would have. And, you know, if you hit it to center, it's pretty deep. But down the lines, it's not deep there. But I don't know. Somehow the power, the Cajuns, and I'm sure Jacob had a lot to do with it. The Cajuns were able to take the power part of the game away from Texas State playing. Not in San Marcos, and it, it certainly played off. The other the other thing that is going to that stuck out in my mind, and I've talked about this kid all year long, Kyle DeBoer is a freshman um, from Barb, and from the very beginning, I was very skeptical because I always am. When when you hear about you got this true freshman and he's just fabulous. And, you know, they were talking in the going into the season, he's going to start at shortstop and hitting the three-hole. And, and and he did that a lot at the beginning of the season. And then they ended up, he went through a slump, hit the freshman wall. But he, for someone that I went into the season being very skeptical about, just because of all the praise, the older you get, it, it's harder to buy into all that praise before you even see someone. But he has been incredible defensively all year long and you can just tell this weekend I mean you could tell before this weekend but really you could tell this weekend the moment is not too big for him in fact he relishes it and the the Cajuns were down 5-3 what was it the sixth maybe the seventh inning they got a leadoff triple and it looked like they were um, about to strand a leadoff triple down by two runs, and that would not have been good. And uh, and and he gets a double down the right field line and gets a clutch two out single, and kind of got the ball rolling. And then the next inning, I think it was the next inning, they got a sack fly uh, after a hit and run that worked, and um. Jack sack fly from Julian Brock and tied the game, and then they, then they gave up a sack fly to be behind, and then they just came right. Out. The the thing that's so impressive about this Cajun team to me is they just don't ever seem to blink. Like they they fall down to five nothing, they just they just keep on going. They fall down two nothing to Texas State, they just keep on going. They 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 were they gave up a run in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, yesterday, and they just went out and boom, boom, boom. The game's tied. And incredibly, the double still worked again. I cannot believe that. They they tied the game on the old double steal. And uh, Georgia Southern just let it happen. It's just incredible. The thing that really stuck out, and the, co- the old coach from uh, Texas State, Harrington, who was doing the color broadcast on ESPN+, Plus, he did a great job of highlighting it, just how aggressive. And look, it if you follow Cajun softball and baseball, like they run as much as anybody in the country. Like there's probably not a baseball softball program combo at a school that runs as much as the Cajun softball team does and the Cajun baseball team. I mean, they are hyper aggressive. 
Baseball's probably not quite as aggressive as softball is. But they're both hyper-aggressive and believe in putting the pressure on the other team and creating runs with their legs on the base pass. And uh, they did a great job of that all weekend. And they've done it all year. But they they didn't do it a whole lot at Texas State. And it, 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 it it's more when you go to Texas State, you have this, oh, we got to hit the three-run homer mentality. And here, for whatever reason, they went back to running and running and running. And uh, they did a great job. And, uh, again, congratulations to everyone in the Cajun program. And we'll find out a little over an hour and a half where they're going to be going. But um, I think that aggressive base running was a big part of what they did. No question. Big part of it. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back again. The game hotline. Um, it's 706-0111 on the other side. If you would like to get in, we'll do that after this. Timeout on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for LSU Tigers baseball. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles appreciates the sacrifices made to grant all of us a chance to enjoy freedom on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball. The Astros will be playing an afternoon game. Boy, I needed it. I just had two late games. Both got their face crushed on Friday and Saturday. Um, and then uh, I think they're only going to have, I think tomorrow night's a night game, Wednesday on getaway day, they're going to have a day game. And today be on Memorial day. They're going to have a day game. I, 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 that West coast stuff's for the birds. So, uh, staying up late. And again, if you stay up to midnight and you win, it's okay. Cause you get so much, you know, I get adrenaline from the win, but when you stay up and you lose, Oh man, that is that's Pabon, as they call it. Muy mucho Pabon. But anyway, um, again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Want to tell you about Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. If you would like to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, where you can get mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection, tremendous size, and so much more, you need to go to the website, join the game clubhouse, put yourself in position to win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. All right. Um, getting back to the conversation that Manny and I were having in the last segment. It's, um, I think Manny and I were, were looking at baseball. We're looking at the, the conference race. And when you look at the RPIs, it's pretty obvious to see that the committee didn't care about the conference race. The committee worries about RPI. Now, not exactly, but pretty close. For instance, Florida had an RPI of 12, so it didn't matter what their how they did during the conference season or what seed they were in the SEC tournament. And, you know, in the, in, the, in the case of LSU, what they did against LSU, um, they had an RPI of 12, so they got in. Auburn 
had an RPI of 14. So they got in. Um, Southern Miss's RPI ended up 17. Um, they got in. Um, you know, A&M's was 22, which is kind of interesting. But they were the two seats. So it's like in that particular case, the fact that they were the two seeds seemed to override some of the other stuff. Uh, you know, and that, they, because they had a 22, LSU had a 25. So it's like, you know, it's always been my problem. And I call it w- with the way the college things are done it's creative accounting in that you can justify just about anything you do. In some kind of way. And, and, you know, if you want to put this team in, well, they got in because of their RPI. Or in this, oh, they were the number two seed in the in the conference tournament or the uh, the, the, the race for whatever, in whatever league during the regular season. You know, where it's like, well, we, we, we looked at them more overall body of work and they finished second, so they got in. And then the other one, oh, well, no, it's not. We, we looked at the RPI. Um. I, again, I'm glad for Georgia Southern. I'm glad that for any mid-major that is able to to host and and to get that experience. I still have not figured out how Georgia Southern's RPI is so good though. Now, I haven't really done a deep dive into it. I mean, the Cages have played. The only thing I could say without the deep dive is that they probably didn't play, but they had to play. They, they, like, they had to play all the same bad teams in the Sun Belt, that, 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 for the, except for the maybe one. I'd have to go back. The Cajuns, for instance, didn't play Coastal, so that hurt their RPI. I'm sure Georgia Southern, they probably didn't play, you know, one of the teams at the very bottom. And that probably helped their RPI. But, man, it can make because the Cajuns, the Cajuns non-conference RPI opponents RPI uh, strength of schedule was top twenty. It was like last I heard, like I mean, for a while there it was like sixth or seventh in the country, and by the end of the year, because of the rice, you know, the rice game killed there were, those two games against Rice probably killed them. But still, their RPI wasn't as high as I thought. You know, it ended up like seventeenth or something. Their non-conference strength of schedule. And my point is, if I'm a committee member, if if you're going to say, well, who did they play? Well, that's all that matters. I've always said that's all that should matter. If you're going to judge a team on, okay, who did you play? And who did you beat? Well, all that should matter is your non-conference schedule because that's the only thing you have control over. You have no control over who you play in your conference. Plus, I've always said that your conference conference game should be in a completely different category. If I beat a team, if I'm whoever you are, if you beat a team that is ranked, say, top 10 in the country, say ranked 10th in the country, kind of like the Cajuns beat an 11 seed Texas State, the Cajuns should not get as much credit for beating – a team like Texas State, or whatever their RPI, I think their RPI finished 26. If if you if you're looking for the good wins, as if they'd have beat a team with the same RPI in the same 
uh, national ranking, not that that matters, in another conference. I've always said that. Same thing with LSU or any SEC school, any school in the country. Conference games are different. And, and, and I've argued this for decades. The NCAA does not agree with me, obviously. They don't ever change. I, I just have a serious problem with criticizing and downgrading a team because they play games against teams they have no, they're in their conference, they have no control over having to play them. None. They have no control over it. So why should you get penalized for playing a team that you're forced to play? Like, there's got to be a way with all these numbers that the committee sees to see, okay, what is your RPI minus the really bad teams in the 200s in your conference that you have no control over if you play them or not? That, that should be put in a different category. Now, if you schedule them non-conference like the Cajuns did Rice, then, you know, or like the Cajuns did with St. Peter's all those years ago, Ended up being like the worst. I mean, then, then that's something you can you can downgrade someone for because you chose to schedule them. Now you might not have known they were going to be as bad. I'm sure when the Cajuns picked Rice, they didn't think they'd be this bad when they scheduled them, but it turned out that they were. But still, you chose to play them, so you got to reap the benefit. The, the, the benefit you get to reap the benefits of it, or you got to pay the price for for scheduling a team whose RPI is that bad. But when you play a Monroe or whoever, a, bo- a bottom team in the conference, and you have no control over that, the conference makes you play them. Why should you be penalized? I've always thought that. It's just, just silliness. It's silliness. They've got to figure out a way, and they're never going to do it in my opinion. Because, again, I've been arguing about this for decades. They've got to take conference play out of it. Not totally, but you got to put conference play through a filter. You should not. You should not get as much credit for winning the conference games, or as much uh, penalty for playing bad teams in your conference because you have no control over that. I don't know why they can't figure that out, but they just. I don't. I just don't think. Obviously, fundamentally, they disagree with me, but I. I don't. I don't think I'm wrong here. I just don't. I don't think it's fair. And it's a, it's a self, and such a big part of that is a self, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and I guess that's what they want. It's craziness. But um, the bottom line is the Cajuns were able to fight through all of that and win the tournament, and now that for, for, for right now anyway, they don't have to worry about that. And it doesn't have to be a negative. Now, again, some LSU fans might, who were really upset about not hosting a regional. Um, I, I, I get the argument. I, um, I understand it. I also think LSU's better off traveling probably right now, and we'll see how, 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 how it plays out. I, um, you know, another team that we don't ever talk about because they're so far away from here, but Maryland finished with a, with a top nine uh, with the nine RPI. And and they um, again are um, most people know, and they're getting to host, and they are coached by John Sheff, who was in a long time assistant coach for well, I don't know about long time, but was an assistant coach for the Cajuns under under Coach Robe, and they came down here whenever it was three years ago, maybe um, played a 
played a uh, a series, a road series, down here in Lafayette against the Cajuns. So, uh, you know, just some Cajun fans who I'm sure will be pulling for Maryland because of the connection with Coach Sheft. And he was he's one of them old school, hard nosed guys, but a good guy. Always enjoyed the time I get, did get to talk to him over the years, and especially when he was here the last time and, and trip. So. Maryland, if you're a Cajun fan anyway, Maryland might be a team that, you know, is off the, the Sun Belt or the UL radar, the Louisiana radar, way up there um, on the East Coast. That it'd be, I'm sure there'll be some Cajun fans pulling for Maryland and, and, and hoping they do well um, as they get a whole site. And it's going to be, what, about an hour and 20 minutes or so, and we'll find out where they're ranked and who they matched up with and, who knows? They might be matched up with, with the regional that the Cajuns are going to be in. Who knows? We'll, we'll find all that out in the 11 o'clock hour. So let's do this. We'll take a timeout, come back, and open up. We'll keep the phone lines open for the next few segments. The last two segments of the show, there won't be any. We'll be um, doing interviews and and fin- closing out the show, but uh, we've got in the next couple segments, if we would like to get some phone calls in, we can do that. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. We'll take a timeout and be back to finish out the first hour on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, one zero four one Lake Charles, your home for LSU Tigers baseball. In honor of those who pay the ultimate price, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles remembers those brave individuals on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes on the Game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to remind you if you would like to win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House by joining the Glam Clubhouse, you need to do that today. Go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You might win a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. All right, I need to make a correction. I said the wrong school in the last segment. Coach Chef used to be at Maryland, but he is now at Virginia Tech. Um, and Virginia Tech has, Maryland has an RPI of nine. Virginia Tech has an RPI of three. So, I mean, of five, um, last I saw. But anyway, they're going to be one of the more highly ranked programs in the country. So if you're a Cajun fan and you want to support John Chef, uh, you won't, it won't be Maryland. It will be Virginia Tech. So I sometimes my little mind doesn't work like it should. Kind of remember things the way they used to be, not the way that they are right now. So it's uh, Coach Chef is actually at Virginia Tech. But again, both programs, obviously left Virginia. Uh, Maryland is doing very well. Virginia Tech doing very well. Both of them are top ten. And so we'll um, – just wanted to kind of make make that correction um, after saying the wrong school there. So, uh, again, lots. 
I heard a, someone made a comment over the weekend, and I think it's probably true. There's just more parity now in in college baseball than there's been in a while. And 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 what what I think we mean by that is the difference between the a top ten or fifteen school and a and a school ranked about 35, 40, 45, 50, not as great as it used to be. Um, back in the 90s, like the you know the old regionals of the late 80s and 90s I was talking about. And by the way, um, it was very different back then because there were 16 regionals. They, that, that was prior to the super regional format that we're currently under. But though winning a 16 regional was tougher. I, I think it was tougher than winning a 14 regional. But um, I kind of like the super regional format, but the old 16 regionals were tough. I mean, you had to you had to have pitching to get through it. It was very difficult to do without a lot of pitching. So, um, but no, I I do think there's more parity, and we're about to see how much more by what happens um, in this in this in these regionals. And and what I mean by that is what how many schools from major conferences travel and how they do playing on the road against conference teams who from mid-majors who are hosting so we're about to find all that out we will see that does it for our number one we'll come back with more on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles your home for houston astros baseball broadcasting live from the delta media studios in upper lafayette Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Again, you're home for Houston Astros baseball. The Astros will play at about... It's three-something today, so it's a day game. That's a good thing. Need day games. Can't afford too many of those late-night, stay-up-past-midnight stuff. The Astros this past weekend, they um, lost two out of three, but again, they avoided the sweep, so I was very good. A little bit. It was a little scary this weekend because... In one of the games, I think it was Friday's game, they were getting crushed, and so they pulled players out early, which I'm all for. I mean, like, you know, you're getting crushed, and you want to pull. In this case, it was Altuve and Tucker. Well, it turns out Tucker was pulled because he had a little bit of a foot injury. So say he's day-to-day. Uh, you know, I'm okay with him sitting, you know, two or three days as long as it's not long-term. Tucker's had kind of a weird season. Seems like every time he's about to get really hot, then he goes into a slump. Um, I don't know. I, I think he'll, you know, still not, don't have any concerns about him. Who I do have concerns about is... Jose Arquiti, and I've always liked him. I said last week he when he pitched really well against the Rangers. 
struck out 10, and I think he went seven innings. And he pitched real well. I'm like, I, he owns the Rangers, so I don't really trust that because he's gotten lit in so many other outings, and it's very, it's very concerning that he's got to figure out what's going on. And as it turned out, I think I was right. I, I didn't. I was not fooled. I was appreciative. I mean, you always like when your pitchers pitch great, and it was great at the time to beat the Rangers and for him to continue his ownership of the Rangers. But I still did not buy that he was back on track, and he certainly was not over the weekend. Seattle, you know, it was pretty obvious. Verlander throws a lot of strikes. Urquidy throws a lot of strikes. Neither They do it differently. Ver, Verlander throws way more fastballs. But um, those are pitchers who typically attack you and throw a lot of strikes, and the Mariners were like, we're going to swing early. I mean, they were swinging early in the counts and crushing balls, crushing them. And so, um, you know, we'll see. I'm not worried about Verlander, although he was due to get hit. I mean, he got totally lit, and his ERA is still like 2.0-something. I mean, he need, he was due to get lit. So I'm not concerned about that in the least. Still very concerned about Urquidy. I want to see some consistency. I haven't seen it. Speaking of winning a bunch of games against the team, McNeese, I remember hearing last week when Raymond was detailing all of the games in a row and series in a row that McNeese had won over Southeastern. And you know how I think. I'm like, hmm, if I'm a McNeese fan, I don't like the sound of that. I don't even like hearing that. Uh, that would be, you know, at some point you got to pay the piper. And, when, you know, again, if you're way better than a program like the Cajuns had – had this unbelievable streak of winning 20-something straight games against Monroe, where most of the time of that streak, Monroe is just not very good. Okay, But in this case, on paper, there's not a ginormous difference between McNeese and Southeast, and they both have had good programs for a long time. And, and yet, for whatever reason, McNeese had just won a lot of games in a row against a team, kind of had their number, kind of owned them. Well... It, it's 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 fun to own a team, but that's kind of on your same level. And yet, eventually that's going to come to an end. It's got to be a little bit scary. I mean, there are the cocky fans, and then there are the cautious fans, especially in the sport of baseball. Cocky and baseball, to me, don't go hand in hand. And, and, and it's because the game can, you know, Sometimes the game beats you. And I, I think a lot of people think I'm crazy when I say that, but that's just that's just the way it is. Like I was talking to my father-in-law yesterday. He watches the Astros. He's like, man, what Astro team was that that we saw the last two nights? This was yesterday morning after getting their face crushed in, in Asia on Friday and Saturday. And I'm like, that's baseball. He's like, some games it seems like they just can't get beaten, and in other games they, they get crushed. Well, that's baseball. Really, it is. And there, there are circumstances, not on every, but on a lot of going into a lot of series. And Seattle was like, man, we've been playing terrible. It's time to stand up or this season's going to get away from us. And when you're playing a first-place team that has owned you for the better part of a decade now, um, like the Astros have, um, 
like they just said, okay, we got to stand up. And they almost and probably should have pulled off the sweep of the Astros, but they didn't quite do it. And so I certainly appreciate it. It allowed me to sleep a little better, allowed me to have a little more pep in my step when you get up in the morning when, when, they, when you avoid the sweep. So some people look at it as a bad weekend for the Astros. I do not. I, I, I expected it. They, they were due to win. I don't like having to play them over and over and over again. They were due to win, and plus the Astros cannot get Ty France out. They just cannot get him out. Cannot get him out. And by the way, if you have not seen Julio Rodriguez yet, I was about to say Julio Franco. Julio Rodriguez yet, he's good. And there are some people that are comparing him to King Griffey Jr. Now, again, I don't, when you start making these crazy comparisons, I'm like, eh, why, why do that to that kid? Why do that? But when you're a young phenom and you come up in Seattle like King Griffey Jr. did, you know, almost 30 years ago now, then that it's just a natural comparison. But, um, and I don't, the chances of him having the first 10 years, like Ken Griffey Jr., you could argue that no one in the history of the game was ever as good as Ken Griffey Jr. was his first 10 years in the Major League Baseball. Now, a lot of people were better than him his second 10 years because he wasn't very good his second 10 Let's be honest. Like, King Griffey Jr. had two careers. He had the first year, 10 years in Seattle, and then when he left, he, he was really never the same again. He had a couple good years after that, but not many. Not many. And so he was so injured most of his last 10 years. So um, I don't know how good of a career Julio Rodriguez is going to have, but if you don't ever watch Seattle play, and I understand if you're one of these ES, fan of one of these ESPN teams, like the Punks or the Yankees or the Red Sox, you you put your nose up at the at the Seattle Mariners, but I'm just telling you, he's good. He's good. Very talented. The ball just jumps off his bat. He's got elite defensive skills. Probably not as good as Junior did in his younger days, but he's smooth just like Junior. He, he's really good. We'll see what he does from uh, here on out in his career, but I think they're fixing to, to play a lot better. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. We talk mostly college baseball today, and we're going to be doing more of that this hour, and why not? I mean, it's Memorial Day. The NCAA baseball brackets come out today. The Cajuns won the Sunbelt Conference Tournament over the weekend, so we're going to find out where they're going. By the way, the Cajuns RPI when I looked at it earlier, was ended up being 53. And again, it, it would seem like it would be a little higher than that, but it's just the way it goes. I mean, some some of that stuff you have control over, and like we talked about the last hour, and some, some of it you don't. But really right now it doesn't matter because they're in, and that's what they want it to be. And by the way, I tweeted this out yesterday, uh, and we haven't mentioned it today. For those of you who didn't get the or or didn't stumble across it, yesterday was win number thirty six for the Cajuns. And when I tweeted it out yesterday, shortly after the the victory, I, I, the way that I put it was, you just can't make this stuff up. And obviously, Tony Robichaux famously wore number thirty six, and you'll see people have 36 on their, you know, 36 caps or 36 on their 
you know, bumper on their car or truck or 36 shirt. I mean, there's a lot of 30 ways that 30 and how fitting, I mean, incredibly fitting that it was now, believe me, if it was up to Coach Deggs and his team, they'd have many more. They'd have 40-something wins right now. But the way that it worked out, uh, where on the game that they won their 36th game of the season, it was in the conference finals to advance to an NCAA regional. So it's just kind of uh, fitting in a lot of ways and kind of, as some people would say, give you the free songs. (laughs) <laughs> and I was told, and I just got reminded again, that the game finished at 436. Like, really? Can this stuff really? I mean, it's just, like I said, you just can't make this stuff up. It's so, it's incredible. But um, it allows you, for those of you who don't believe, and again, I don't really look at it as superstition, but if you don't believe that, other factors play in like circumstance, like the way I talk about them. And this is a different category than what I'm talking about. But people who um, who think that, well, none of that has anything to do with anything. You played a game and, and the game you played last year or the game you played last week or the series you, has nothing to do with this game or this series. Well, that's something coaches say, but I don't believe that is true. I don't believe. I, I think – in a lot of circumstances, the series you just played, the the how many times you've beaten that team over the years, um, all of that plays very much into into the circumstances that that impact a result or a series, especially in baseball, all of that. And, and um, I kind of I kind of wonder. If, for instance, the McNeese example that we were just talking about, if McNeese hadn't beaten Southeastern so many times in a row, they were so due to lose to this team that that impacted the result of that series. I, I, that's kind of the way I look at it. Uh, I, I call them circumstance games or circumstance series. A lot of times I don't like the circumstance. I remember a couple of weeks ago, Jules thought I was nuts because I was worried about going to Fenway. The Red Sox had been playing terrible. They were very due to win, very due to win. And I was just ecstatic that the Astros got one win in that series, just like I was over the weekend against Seattle. Seattle was very due to win. They had been playing very poorly. They were at home. It was like, all right, guys, it's time to rally the troops. We got to start playing better or this season's going to get away from us. And so when you when you go into a series, very similar to the Red Sox in Fenway two weeks before, when you go into a series like that, the games that played before do matter. They do dictate largely the, what's about to happen. And, and it also should um, kind of impact your expectations for a series. That's why I just don't think cockiness and baseball go together. I just don't think they do. Uh, you can have too much of a football mentality in baseball. I think you get yourself in trouble. All right. We will take a time out. This next segment is the last one. If you would like to get in, talk about Cajun baseball, LSU baseball, Major League Baseball, or the disgusting results in the NBA conference finals, any of that, uh, this next segment 
will be your last time to do that on today's Memorial Day. And again, the game hotline is 706-0111. We'll take this time out and be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball. On this Memorial Day, the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles honors the fallen, those brave men and women who gave all so we can live free. Now, back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for LSU baseballs. Speaking of college baseball, I wanted to give a well, before we do that, let, let, let me do this. Let me give you this reminder the game's 10th birthday party is going to be held on Wednesday, June the 22nd from 4 to 9 at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. There's going to be delicious wings, great door prizes, and all of your favorite personalities from 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So come join us. It says here at B-Dubs. Now, who who did that? Was that you? Are you the slick one? It'd be ours, Raymond. At B-dubs. I've never heard it called that before. Is that like what people call it who are cool and hip? Yeah, you call it Buffalo Wild Wings, call it B-dubs. B-dubs? Yeah. It's just faster. <laughs> I've never told, you know, like my wife, or meet me at B-dubs for lunch or dinner. You've done that before? Yeah. Meet me at I'll B-dubs? Text, I'll text Kenneth. I'll be like, hey, let's go to B-dubs. B-dubs. Someone said that. I would have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about until today. But anyway, it's going to be at B-Dubs on Ambassador Caffrey on Wednesday, June the 22nd from 4 to 9, 10th anniversary, birthday bash for the game. So I can handle the food. I don't know about the B-Dubs, but uh, I guess I'm just not cool enough to say B-Dubs. All right, what I was going to get to was kind of a, of the teams that are hosting, we were talking earlier about, you know, who from the SEC hosted and who didn't. But still, no matter how you play it, SEC, no conference has more teams hosting regionals than the SEC. And not everybody a week ago or two weeks ago or even yesterday would have would have predicted Auburn, Florida, Tennessee, and AM. But if you look at the RPI, I guess it kind of sort of makes sense from if you judge it by the RPI. But the SEC has four. The ACC has four. The um Big 12 has two with Oklahoma State and Texas. Uh the Pac 12 has two with Oregon State and Stanford. And by the way, did you notice the, um, any of the results from the Pac-12 college baseball tournament over the weekend? UCLA had to beat Oregon State twice. They beat them 
25 to 22 earlier on Saturday. 25 to 22. And then they had to play again. <laughs> like, if you play a game against a team and you win 25 22, probably neither team has a whole lot of pitching left, but then you got to play them again after about a 30 or 40 minute break. And Oregon State won that one eight to seven. So Oregon State, who was going to be in anyway, obviously, but uh, they will host with uh, with Stanford. One team from the American, that's East Carolina. One team from the Big Ten, that's Maryland. We were talking about earlier. One team from Conference USA, Southern Miss, and one team from the Sun Belt in Georgia Southern. It's just so funny how that works out. Like Texas State dominated the conference all year long. They didn't make it to the conference tournament final because the Cajuns beat them in the semifinals, but they dominated the conference all year long. They were ranked higher than just about everybody all year long, and yet their RPI, for whatever reason, isn't higher, and so Georgia Southern host and Texas State doesn't. So, again, trying to... I would like to see like a real clear explanation as to like why is Texas State and the Cajuns RPI so much? I mean, how in the world did Georgia Southern get that RPI? It's just incredible. I mean, it was seven like a week ago. It finished 11, but it was like, it was like as high as seven recently. Georgia Southern's RPI. And look, Georgia Southern looked good. The left side of their infield is very good. But I, I still can't believe that the Cajuns pulled off. They, they allowed the Cajuns to pull off the double steal. That, to tie the game late, that 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 kind of surprised me. really did. But anyway, there's more. If, if When you look at it that way, the 4-4-2-2-1-1-1, it's kind of, I'm sure... They want to. They try to do it on merit, but also want to have some sort of balance as well. And I guess you could argue they achieved that. Again, um, I'm sure there'll still be some arguing after the brackets are even put out. But um, but. Once the brackets come out, well, then you kind of um, you kind of know. It, it's like you know what it is, and so there's no. I mean, you can still argue, but once the brackets come out, you don't really. The arguments really don't matter. So, again, we're probably inside of an hour away from knowing, so it's getting close. I don't know exactly where the Cajuns or when are they going to announce where the Cajuns are going to be. But um, but we'll see. It, it is um, all right. So, again, the game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. Is when we need to, um, if you would like to get in and have any thoughts 
about any of this college baseball stuff. Um, so we we uh, as we try to lead you up until the time that the bracket, the NCAA selection show on ESPN starts about 11 o'clock. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. If you're a Cajun fan, where are you hoping you're going to go? If you're an LSU fan, where are you hoping you're going to go? I um I'm kind of a I'd rather have a short trip like just go to Baton Rouge but Baton Rouge is not an option. So past that, I mean, I don't really have a preference, I don't think. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Well, I spent my whole trip back from Montgomery defending Georgia Southern, so I guess I might as well keep going. So, have you? Did you have enough time with all the rainouts and all that? Have do you have a really good idea or an explanation as to how did their RPI get so good? Well, well, we had two days. That's about all we did was play with those kind of numbers up there. Right. Um, Georgia Southern played the sixth strongest non-conference schedule in the country. That's part of it. Uh, they they played, you know, they had really almost no games that were RPI damaging outside of conference play. I mean, you know, everybody played Arlington and they ended up in the 240s, you know, so that hurt everybody. But they didn't have any non-conference games like that where Texas State had several of those. Cajuns had several of those. They played teams that – you know, a team like Rice, you know, you had no idea that Rice was going to be, you know, as shaky as they were. They wound up above 200 RPI. Georgia Southern had almost no games like that, and that's probably the reason their RPI was so high. So who was the team that they didn't play in the conference? It must have been someone who finished like ninth or 10th, I would think. Do you know? Uh, I don't know if they played Arlington. That might, you know, they they didn't play somebody I know, but I, I didn't look at their schedule that close. But, but it was their non-conference schedule that you know really boosted their numbers. And I'm like you, you know, I looked at it, you know, just two or three weeks ago when they were as high as number six, and it's like, wow, how did this happen? But you know, that has to be a big part of it. And I don't know all the you know, how it works as far as, you know, strength of opponent schedules and strength of opponents' opponent schedules and so forth, but I'm sure it all has a bearing in it. They played several SEC teams, and that helps. Um, you know, it, all of it added together. And add to the fact that they're, they're, they may be, and Matt Dex said this yesterday after the game, he said Georgia Southern might be the most balanced team in this entire league. You know, Texas State's the most explosive, Cajuns, pick a little bit from here and there, and they do a lot of things pretty well. But Georgia Southern is probably the most balanced team in the league. Oh, no, there's no question. No, and I'm not questioning, although the Cajuns really should have swept them when they played them in Lafayette. But still, I'm not questioning how good or balanced Georgia. It's just the idea of, like, because I thought the Cajuns' non-conference schedule was pretty good except for those two games against Rice. Now, again, when the Cajuns play all its state schools, to me, they're all pretty good, you know. Well, and, and yeah, they are, but you know, it just kind of depends on the year. I mean, I, I looked at, at my alma mater, Northwestern. They're way down in the 200s this year. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that, but that's a, it's a traditional game. It's a game you want to play. You know, you want to play your state opponents if you can possibly do it. But, but there are sometimes when those teams have those years that they struggle in, there are ramifications for that. Um, you know, it just, you know, you're, you know, are you, you know, you have, you have to sacrifice something. And of course, do you sacrifice those nearby games against traditional rivals? For games that you know you're going to have to travel more, uh, going to be more expensive, you know, as far as budget-wise, you know, you, you have to strike that, you know, strike that balance somewhere. Uh, again, Georgia Southern was lucky that a lot of teams right there around them in the state of Georgia were really good this year, and teams that they played on their schedule, a lot of them wound up they're they're getting their names called today too. All right, well, we got to take a break. I'll be seeing you in about a half hour. It'll we'll be fun. see you there. All right. Thank you, Dan. All right. We will take a timeout, and when we come back, we'll have a conversation with UL baseball coach Matt Deggs. We'll do that next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles appreciates the sacrifices made to grant all of us a chance to enjoy freedom on this Memorial Day. Now back to more of Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, we have with us UL head baseball coach Matt Deggs. And first of all, coach, Congratulations. I know what kind of work goes into it, the the physical investment and the mental and emotional investment into a project like a, a college baseball season, especially, you know, all the everything that went into you get being here and taking the job. So congratulations. I really appreciate it, Kevin. That's uh <laughs> you're exactly right. There's no feeling like it when uh, you know you've You've gone through adversity and trials and ups and downs and and uh, everything in between, and it's just been a long climb. And I'm just really happy for our fans and city of Lafayette and our community, and and especially these players and their families, and because they're the ones that have paid the price. And uh, you know, our coaches coach their butt off, and uh, I just really, really happy, man. It's uh, there's nothing like. Uh, you know, starting where you start and then finally uh, seeing some fruit of your labor. And uh, I uh, told our boys, you know, this this changed the trajectory of our program right here. And <laughs> we've all been waiting for this for a while, and so it's pretty special. So, um, so much to, to kind of go over, and we're, I just want to hit a few highlights from the, the incredible weekend of baseball. First of all, at what point, in the semifinal game against Texas State, did you kind of say, you know what, if he can go, we're not taking this guy out? Like, at what point? Ooh, probably about the sixth. Uh, that's when I seriously saw him start to settle in and get in a groove. And uh, just that's about when I saw him start to be able to execute every single pitch he threw. And uh, it was easy, he wasn't laboring. And uh, at that point, man, I just I just thought to myself, I'll just see him after the game. And, you know, he had earned the right that that was his ball game. And, uh, you know, so that was that was his. And I wasn't going to get in the way of that. 
That was obviously uh, an outstanding uh, moment. Now, the other – and, look, this team comes back and – the thing that's so impressive to me is you're down 5 nothing, and most of us are thinking, uh-oh, they pro- might be having a little bit of an emotional letdown after such a big victory yesterday. But your team just didn't blink, and it really hasn't blinked all season. But even in the conference final with theoretically your season on the line, on the line 5 nothing, and you still didn't blink. We didn't, and this team doesn't panic, and they don't they don't shrink back or, or hesitate. Uh, but – there's a big butt to that. We were getting out competed severely, and uh, they were just more physical, more more. They were nastier. Uh, everything they were doing was with intent and a high high level of want to, and they just wanted it worse than us at that point. And I think you're right. It's hard coming off the way it's set up. You know, we didn't get in bed until 12:30, and uh, so they had a day game. We had a night game. We didn't get in bed till 12:30, and then we're up at whatever time, because for some reason or another, the the two teams in the championship don't take BP on the field, which I don't, I've never seen that before. Usually when you make it to the championship, you earn the right, you're just two teams, right? Right. You earn the right to take BP on the field. Well, we had to bus, you know, 20 minutes to our off-site field, crack, you know, take BP, bus back, shower. So there was a lot that went into it for us that, that nobody sees. And uh, which makes it more impressive, but we kind of had to snap to a little bit and realize, look, I know most of us haven't been in this spot before, but you've got a chance right here. You can either revert back to to where we came from, or you can just climb all the way to the top and be a champion. And and that's what they decided to do. The the play, and a lot of people are going to remember. First of all, you know, I've told you before. I heard all the preseason stuff about Kyle DeBorge, and and I was naturally skeptical. Every time I hear you have this true freshman who's going to be that good, and the the two out double that he got when it looked like y'all were about to strand the leadoff triple. Uh, down by two runs, which, you know, would not have been a good thing. Uh, I just thought that was the thing that really set y'all off. He's just been so impressive to me this year. No, he's a he's a big hit waiting to happen. He loves the, the big stage. He likes being in that spot. And uh, some people that just naturally, they naturally embrace that spot. And he just has that, like I've said, he has that it factor. Whatever it is, he's got it. And, uh, you know, he just finds a way to impact the game, uh, be it offensively, defensively, on the bases and the dugout. Uh, he's way beyond the freshman. So um, I think the other thing that really stood out, the other thing that really stood out in 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 this was your all-aggressive base run and just stole the show. Well, that's who we are, right? And uh, – you know, we we all came, we all showed up to win, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna stand idly by and wait for something to happen. And and uh, so we're all okay, you know, going all in, and uh, just really don't hesitate. And so it worked out. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Hey, look, we could be walking off the field, everybody going, "You're crazy, man." Jew uh, could have hit into a line drive double play. You know, anything could have happened when we double stole. Uh, Catcher could have pumped fake and thrown us out of third. I mean, it's it's a roll of the dice, but uh, our kids love playing that way, and it's a lot of fun. All right, Coach. Well, we appreciate uh, your time as always. Uh, again, congratulations, and uh, enjoy the selection show. Should be lots of fun. 
I really appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Congratulations. Bye. UL coach Matt Deggs will be back on the game, 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 30th, 1927. With Walter Johnson on the mound, the Washington Senators defeat the Boston Red Sox 3-0. In the win, Johnson records his 110th and final shutout of his Hall of Fame career, which is the most in history. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All righty, welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. And, um, you know, we it's, it's going to be interesting when we get to 11 o'clock. We have had, I've been to quite a few places to cover the Cajuns in a regional over the years. Never been to Hattiesburg, which is one of the more popular thing uh, options. Have been to Austin uh, back in 92. In 91, if you remember, the Cajuns made it to the regional final for the first time. And, of course, it, it, it was very different back then. 91 was kind of a, a, a was a very interesting regional for a lot of reasons. Back then, remember, it was a six team regional. It was brutal. It, you 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 had six team regionals. And the Cajuns, uh, I don't remember exactly. I, I'm pretty sure LSU was the one seed. Texas A&M was the two seed. Uh Cajuns were probably four. I think South Alabama was three. That was where that was the regional that the South Alabama rivalry was born, really. I mean, it, it got the next year, I think the next year is when they joined the conference, not that dissimilar to this whole Southern Miss situation that, that we're about to, to go through. But uh, the Cajuns won a very close competitive, you know, I don't remember all the details, but I remember it was very emotional. And they won a very close game. They beat A&M. Andy Fox hit a grand slam. Man, he had a pretty left-handed swing. And they beat A&M, and they, they got to the finals to play LSU, and they, they just didn't have any, like is normally the case, especially in those old six-team regionals. A lot of times you just didn't have any pitching left, and they didn't. And they competed. Like, they had a chance. Um, as I remember, they had to pinch hit a reserve catcher who didn't hardly have any at-bats where if he had gotten a hit, they might have won kind of situation at the end of that game against LSU. But then the next year um, is when the rivalry really started. You know, there was some carryover effect with South Alabama. So those of you who have enjoyed the South Alabama rivalry, we're kind of in that, it all kind of began in that 91 regional in Baton Rouge. And then in 92, the Cajuns went to Austin um, at an, with an at-large bid, as I remember. Went to, went to Austin, and, and things 
did not go well. But we ha- have been to to Austin before. Also been to Starkville. That's not, you know, that's not going to happen this year. But uh, that one did not go well. Remember the Cajuns played Georgia Tech. This was right before they started getting really good. Um, could be awful in the year. Maybe 97 went, went to Starkville. They didn't get to second base. I mean, I remember that was the lead of my story. They didn't get to second base though, in the whole game against Georgia Tech. And then right after that is when they uh, they started, you know, they went to – they played in the Super Regional against Rice in the Astrodome. And then, the, and um, you know, before they knew it in 2000, a year or two later, they were in Omaha. So, no, I, I, we don't know what's about to happen. Uh, it makes sense. I heard um, Raymond made the comment a couple hours ago that the, you know, that with gas prices the way they are and how expensive everything is, they've always tried to be somewhat regional, but they're going to really try to be regional. And it makes sense. Um, I could see that happening. And, you know, you don't want to play. LSU in the first round, but it might it might be the case there. Um, the one thing that we've talked about all morning that you know wherever they go, you you, you wonder how it's going to um, play out in terms of pitching. Obviously, they had enough pitching to get through the single elimination. I don't know that they would have had enough pitching to get through had they played a double elimination and lost a game early, I don't know that they would have had enough pitching to get through a loser's bracket to do. So, you know, as we said earlier, it's probably a pretty good uh, hunch that the single elimination thing, although I get why Coach Deggs didn't want it, um, you know, kind of played to their favor. And so... We'll see how they go. Uh, so, again, going to Texas wouldn't be bad. Going to Hattiesburg would kind of make, um, you know, would make would make a lot of sense. So we'll see how it, it goes, and we'll be able to review it tomorrow. Um, again, if you haven't heard, that the announcement is going to be shortly after 11 a.m. on ESPN2. And... I don't know exactly how they're going to do baseball, but for the softball one, I mean, they went right to it. Usually, it seemed like in the past, I can remember there being like, you know, you're, you're all ready and you have the team and you're and you're ready to see, and then they do this talking for ten minutes, you know, like they do. They've done that over the years with the, you know, the release of the NCAA basketball bracket. You already your team, you won the conference tournament, or you know, you know, you're going to get an at large bid, and you get there, and they talk for ten minutes, and it's like, hurry up, cat! I want to hear what see what's going on. So, but in softball this year, I mean, they just cut to the chase. I mean, they, boom, they were there. So. I don't know which approach they're going to take for um, for the uh, baseball, but we'll see. It, it's going to be um, it's going to be exciting again. It, it for a while there, it was it had gotten to be just about an every year thing, but it's been a while, and so it's it, it, it's going to be really exciting for the baseball program and the fans to to see that name up there, and then. 
Um, start making your plans to make it either west to Texas, more than likely, or east to uh, Hattiesburg. And again, the the similarities between the South Alabama rivalry starting in '91 and '92 to the rivalry though with Southern Miss has actually already started. I mean, you know, it is it is pretty heated already, but this would really get it going. Um, if they would happen to meet in a regional before Southern Miss actually joins the conference this year. So lot, lots of lots of interesting factors to, to consider when we um, when we get to um, you know it, it, if the Hattiesburg thing happens, but we'll see. I mean it's a um, it's just a guess right now and we'll find out for sure very, 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 very shortly. And so um, it's it kind of extends the school year. You know, we, if the Cajuns had lost and everyone was saying over and over again that they had no chance, and probably that is correct, um, then in effect the school year would be over. So the athletic school year lasts just a little bit longer. Um, and so with the Cajuns, Advance at least from at least here. I mean, obviously LSU was going to be there, uh, going to a regional whether they hosted or not. But um, from from here here locally in Lafayette, it, it 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 lasts just a little bit longer. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be very exciting, and it's going to be interesting to see if they do the local thing. They tend to do that. I would think teams from more from the West and in the Midwest would go to Texas and the Cajuns would go East. But again, I didn't think softball was going to get sent to Clemson and they did, you know, so you just, you just never know. That's why, you know, the, the waiting is almost over and we're about to find out very shortly here where the Cajuns and LSU and everyone else that Southeastern and tech and everyone else is going to be, going so it's going to be lots of fun so enjoy the fun and we'll talk about it all tomorrow right here on footnotes on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana's sports station and remember um, also we're going to have the Astros this afternoon on our sister station so lots of baseball going on Y'all have a nice one.